Hello, this is James Grunvig with Decentralized.media. My show is tonight, Unrestricted Warfare. I'm here with a very special guest. Had uh, some behind-the-scenes discussions. Uh, did a lot of research in Peru, a country I actually have never been to but love. I've always found it interesting, even when I was a little kid. There's a lot of, what would I say, uh, anomalies down there, phenomena, ancient architecture like the NASCAR lines and things. And to my left here or right is josh marrow and he's a researcher into what was going on down in peru and we will get into his story on uap slash ufos alien beings faith peelers all of it but first i'm going to play you a wonderful video in the world of predictive programming in psyop right we know that obama's movies out called leave the world behind don't worry i'll get in that in a minute but i'm gonna play the trail from civil war because they want everyone to live in fear going into next year because the World's going to end according to the uh, Babylonian cabal, deep state artists. Here we go. 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything else. I guess aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news, seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? They're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. What if? Every time I survived a war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? <laughs> the Western forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my God. Get in the car! Get in the car! Move, move, move! You're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God. Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Go, 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 go! God bless America. I found that uh, very interesting. Let me tell you what's missing from the, that two minute, two minute and thirty second trailer. One is they use the word uh, Western Texas, Eastern Texas forces. They not use the word militia. Militia related to what? The Second Amendment. So they deliberately, the writers of this trailer and story are using forces. They're they're deliberately not doing that. There's no FEMA camps whatsoever. I don't see FEMA anywhere in there. So that's that's a big missing because Project Zephyr 
was to take the resistors, the two A's, the Patriots, the Christian conservatives, and put them all in FEMA camps and empty big box stores around the country. It's always been the plan. Project Zephyr is a real project. Uh, they've had updated. I'm talking about the United Nations in, in parts with the corrupt elements of the USTOD, right? We know we're dealing with, with corrupt elements, USTOD. That's clear with the vaccines tell you everything you know, the bioweapon, right? So we haven't gotten the truth out of that part of the DOD. They're run by the Satanists. But we got, you know, things along those lines. And the last piece, you see Washington Monument, right? The Washington Monument is Bale Shaft or, or Cyrus. It is the sex cult, the death sex cult. That's what that symbolizes. But in the background, if you look at the spotlights, go back and play the trailer, it forms a pyramid. Make no mistake who is behind this movie. It is a Satanist. It is the Luciferians. It is the Baal worshipers. They're behind it. It's crystal clear. And the pyramid is what? Oh, yeah, it's the... Uh, Freemasons, Illuminati, all of it. It's in your face. So be, be prepared. Let me get into the slide deck, and then we're going to bring on Josh in a moment. This is uh, episode 16, Josh Amaro, uh, U.S. Navy corpsman, retired about 10 years in the U.S. Navy. He'll talk about his background. This show is called Black Ops Face Peelers of Peru. Uh, we'll get in, into why it might be more of a black operation or black project as opposed to actual aliens from outer space or underwater. So this is James Graham, Decentralized uh, Media. As you know, I, I run daily shows, Unrestricted Warfare Beyond the Bible. And you can find my shows along with Josh Reese, my, you know, my partner and, and others on our network at rumble.com backslash Red Pill Project. And we'll be launching Decentralized Media soon enough in early 2024 and we'll do it without the pyramid just just letting you know so let's go let's go to leave leave the world behind i love that the fact that these two movies are like you know neck and neck they're both the trails are out in the same week no accident before christmas they're trying to put a spell on us people or jinx or a hex or whatever and look how they they name the the four actors you got julia roberts you got ethan hawke and two other actors but they aligned it where the word bail is bail shaft do not forget this this is in-your-face predictive programming. They're putting a hex on us just on the poster alone. Next, white line. Why is this important? It's, it's in the scene whether a, a ship of this size can ground all the way to the beach. It's probably unlikely. It probably ground out offshore, but doesn't really matter. The bigger point is the name of the ship, white line. White line is another word for what? Oh, the Antichrist. Yes, that Antichrist. So that's another name for the uh, Antichrist in the Bible. Oh, and look, uh, Obama. So years ago, newer News Newsweek did what? Oh, the Obama, right? God of all things. No, he's not a god at all. Number one, he's a uh, likely a, a satanic uh, pedivore, and that will come out, I guess, sometime next year. And but but Shiva to the right is a god god of destruction. So it's not the God of all things, but God of destruction. Understand this is in your face again. And I had to throw that in there because Obama's behind the movie, leave the world behind. So this is important to understand. We're the Antichrist, the end of the so-called world, it's not the end of our world, it's not the end of God's world, it's not the end of God's children's world, it's the end of the Babylonian world. It's the end of the satanic world. It's the end of 6,000 years. It's a grand deception. Let me, let me read so you understand about Project Bluebeam and everything else that's coming our way next year. It's all predictive programming. 
An illusion, it will be so large, so vast, it will escape their perception. Those who see it will be thought of as insane. So I guess I've been called insane and everything else the last four years. And by the way, I'm probably batting a thousand on all conspiracy theories. They've all come true. So this is important just to remind us, uh, you know, United States and, and the West in particular have done all these deals with Gaddafi, Osama bin Laden, oh, and yeah, Saddam Hussein, right? And they all ended up doing the same. They, they supplied them with the weapons and then they killed them. Supplied them with weapons and killed them, supplied them with weapons and killed them. Oh, and Zelensky's next. You think Zelensky's going to be around much longer? People talking about him being arrested. I think he might end up being assassinated whether that's real or not, right? It could be a show where he ends up in a in a military uh, tribunal at some point next year. I see that coming. This is really interesting. This is a white flag for the military. The military knows the bioweapon has damaged a lot of their soldiers, a lot of their pilots. And finally here now we're seeing this and they're actually begging the unvaccinated to come back into the service, U.S. Army. I'm sure it's the same in the Marines, Navy. I, I don't know that, or, or Air Force, but... They're looking for healthy recruits, and it's not happening. So now, but now, on the other hand, the U.S. military is going to screen all new new recruits for heart conditions under must-pass annual defense bill. Wow! So even the eighteen-year-olds who probably got vaccinated in high school once once going to the military, yeah, they not might not make it if they got myocarditis, right, from from the vaccine uh, clot shots and other microscopic elements. So they have to probably pass a D-dimer test and things of that nature. So that's something to, to, to take a lot. So here we are, Peru, UAP, right? UFOs, face peelers, alien or black project. That's the question of the day. We're not going to necessarily have the answers by the end of the show because Josh, Josh Romero, who's down there on location, guess what? He doesn't know the answers either. And we had a great discussion. Josh Romero, Josh Reed, uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, um, Carrie Cassidy and myself were all on a Zoom call last week that was not recorded, and we discussed all of the various possibilities. So with Lee Merritt, we had some very interesting, uh, what she thinks it is, Carrie Cassidy's been deep into UFOs for 20 years. Same thing with Josh for 10 years. We came up, Josh Reed, that is, we came up with a lot. So there's been articles published in the 20, end of August, right? Peruvian village horrified by attacks from giant yellow yellow-eyed aliens, right? So they're not going to give any, these kind of stories are cover stories. They're not going to give any other description other than the Peruvian villagers are village idiots, right, in some form, right? They, they, they're into folklore, and that's all they're going to do. They're not going to explore it beyond that, right? This And this runs across the board, right? And then here's a actual, so you go to this Twitter uh, handle called Peru underscore aliens, you can actually find some articles on this or, 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 or Twitter feeds or posts, excuse me. I just want a very talented crew are working on a TV project to uncover the truth on attacks in, per, in Peru. The American-based team, 5 Mio Productions, that's, that's Josh Romero's part of that, has been working with uh, Joyce uh, Montilla, I'm probably not pronouncing it right, and plan to release a project soon, they say, and said it's shocking. Right. So we're going to hear from Josh himself. I think he went down with there with his team in November and they did a lot of research. So we're in the middle of nowhere in Peru. Uh, to the right is, is the Amazon River and right of that is actually Western Brazil, Northwest Brazil. Here you're starting to see, see a map and you're starting to see the area and you can see where it is. Very, very interesting. Peru to the left, Brazil to the right, Amazon's all over the place. So 
The question is, are these actually aliens from outer space or underwater, or has this been reverse engineered by the U.S. DOD in an ultra-tac fashion, sort of like the Tic Tac video? Because the people I've talked to in the Tic Tac, it is, it is not alien creatures inside this, but probably Black Project pilots that are inside the Tic Tac, if that's the case. When you hear Josh Romero's uh, story on this, it's probably something along the uh, same lines. We we thought about that, right? We, we discussed everything. So the question becomes, uh, whatever they were, aliens or reverse engineered humans flying these things, uh, was it to scare villager, villagers? One of, the, one of the questions we had last week in a Zoom call, and what natural resources? Well, of course, you know, my, my parents' background in, in both sides of Norway uh, having an offshore oil industry, so I know I've known a lot about the oil industry going back 50 years, and here we are, oil blacks in western Amazon, boom, right in the area. They're sitting on on tons and tons and tons of gas and oil. So that's interesting. So would they scare the villagers out of there? You know, completely scare them out of the village, take over the village. It's probably hundreds, if not thousands, years old, and then go in and and take over the resources. Their answer is a very good possibility, right? You got to think of, of, of forthright. You got to think of, of big governments and big corporations doing it. But oil and gas is not the only resource. So let's here's oil and gas projects in the Amazon, different places in the Amazon. But you can see the flare. You can see the, the Derek over there. And you can see how they strip for us and they, and they start taking the stuff underground. And with horizontal drilling, which was invented in Norway in 88, you not only drill them down, but then you can drink, drill out fingers horizontally and that allows them to, to, to actually cut only a portion of the trees and not, not take down the entire forest, right? They're not going to put up a 1,000 oil derricks. They don't need to do that. They might put up 10 to 50 oil derricks in different spots, and then the horizontal drilling will take it all in. So there's also gold in the area, a lot of gold, apparently. I, I went to chat GPT-4 on Laredo, which is a region in Peru, the, the jungle region, right, of the Amazon, and you got gold. You have water as a massive resource. You have hardwood, so wouldn't it make sense to cut down trees, get to the gold, cut down trees, and get to the oil? Oh, and then you know you also have the resource of hardwood, and then the other thing you have is medicinal plants, right? That is a big deal. So this is Josh Amaro. You find him on X on Twitter at Five Mio Productions YouTube channel. Same thing, Five Mio Productions, one word. That's where you can find him. Let's bring on Josh and talk to him. Josh, how you doing? Good. How are you, sir? Great. Uh, you got some fascinating, fascinating research. I love what you did. You know, you got a you got a, a Navy background. You got together with some other people. Do you want to explain who the other people were? And you went down there and you interviewed a lot of the villagers. Go ahead. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I was in the Navy for uh, a little bit over t 10 years. And... Um, after living in the Navy, I went to uh, do, doing uh, private protection security. Um, I got I got exposed to a few things while doing security, um, working with uh, TV shows uh, that dealt with the UFO phenomenon, the UAPs, as they're called now. Um, fast forward, after a few years of working that, I um, talking to some friends and telling them what I've seen and how I was a little bit... Uh, disenamored with the fact that a lot of things we saw didn't make it to the shows. Um, my friends who were also former military and security, they were like, hey, why don't we just, uh, with your contacts and your knowledge of these places to go to, why don't we just go ahead and um, 
and go look at these things our, ourselves. And then we don't have to be restricted as, as to what we can show. So uh, the guys that, that are working with me, uh, uh, Jeff Kircher, he's a former um, Marine uh, Scout sniper um, who's done other, he's, he's done more than that. I just, uh, he's, his uh, resume is so, so big that I just can't do it justice. But he's done more, more than just uh, you know, being a Marine Scout sniper. Uh, and uh, Mike Desargo, who is a uh, security professional, he's done high threat security all over the world, uh, but especially in uh, Mexico, northern Mexico, um, for functionaries and uh, you know, very VIPs for uh, business interests. Uh, that, that's about that's about it with our with our with our backgrounds. Yeah. Okay. And then, and, and so you heard the story. You were fascinated by it because everything with mainstream media downplays whatever, right? If they don't, if they if the story is not for the benefit of the of the global cabal, the the deep state, they're they're not going to play it, right? And so they yes. just use the usual cover story: aliens, uh, small small village, or uneducated kind of thing, right? Kind of sort of condescending. And basically want to keep people away. But but it's good that you went down there because you've got to tell a story of what ha took place and happened with the villagers. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, no. Yes, of course. Um, our our mission was from the beginning is to get direct um, contact with these experiencers going all over the world. So we weren't all about just researching online and, and trying to, like, um, you know, extrapolate information from being online. We just want to go exactly to the source and talk to the people and get the information present. And we had been kind of doing that for the past year and change. And yeah. then this story happened this story happened back in uh, I think it was like August. And I told my guys and we, we had already been in the field uh, doing the interviews and talking to people. But this interview was simple really, really big. And so I was a little bit skeptical. It's always good to be have a, a, a little bit of healthy skepticism, and uh, but I contacted Jaime Mausan and I asked Jaime um, in Mexico. I was like, "Hey, do you know anything about this story?" Uh, Jaime um, said, "Yes, this is looks to be legitimate, and uh, I have contacts down there if you need them." And he put me in contact with uh, Joyce Mantilla. He's a, a, a journalist out of uh, Lima, Peru, yeah, and he's been investigating UAPs for I think the past two years. And uh, I contacted uh, Joyce, and we started planning a mission to the to the, to the village to get in contact with the uh, with the people of San Antonio. Yeah, that 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 was uh, you did the right thing. You're going into a foreign country, even though you're born in Mexico. You you served in the navy. You've been around the world, I'm sure, uh, with, with whatever you were doing. As far as that's concerned, Peru is still a foreign country. Do they speak a similar language of Spanish? Between Mexico and Peru, that's that's my first question. No, uh, uh, yes, the well, there's the uh, the base language which is, which is Spanish, and then yep. they have the they have then they have their um, dialect, their own dialects, yes, and uh, you know, and their indigenous uh, languages that they speak, and uh, but we were able to communicate with them per perfectly. Uh, as far as like you know that that you know connecting with the locals, you know that's part of like mission planning me and jeff and mike having done security and and um military missions we we really did our job researching the area uh as doing threat assessment logistics transportation communications security all, all that stuff all the stuff that's needed 
in order for us to to uh, fulfill our yes. mission, which is. Yeah, if you, so if you've done logistics for ten years or Navy, you 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 can certainly help out a couple of journalists get everything together, the, the film crew and everything else. And and so I, I'm with you on everything you did. Everything you did so far is really good. Let's talk about I guess the, the at the end of August on a day they saw a craft come down. They saw beings. Why don't you take mm -hmm. us with the craft first, and then what came out of the craft? Yes, and well, yes, and the story is pretty much we interviewed. Uh, and on the first day, we interviewed four of the major players, uh, which was the village uh, elder, the, the, the chief, the vice, the vice chief, a school teacher. Um, just we, and, the, and the story goes pretty much the same. The consensus is the same. So wherever you ask, it's, the, the, sto the stories are, the structure of the story is stable and is consistent. And it's that on the first day that it happened on, in, uh, in August, uh, they actually didn't see a craft. They saw a, a, a levitating human being coming out of the tree line. And, wow. Yeah. And this person was uh, all dressed in black. It was black armored, uh, made no sound. There was no, no noise uh, whatsoever. But there was a bright light coming out of his feet and his hands. And uh, so that might have been a propulsion system, which was silent, from what I understand. Correct? Um, I mean, yeah, we can we can make assumptions that that that, that might be how, how an exotic propulsion system. Yeah, a, a as a possibility, right? And that yes, sounds yes, like it, it, it. Now, what now? What was inside? Did that you you get to that in a little bit with the uh, girl they tried to abduct, but that didn't wasn't successful. But continue with your story. So, um, yeah, the story and. As you might imagine, um, wherever the, uh, it doesn't matter what part of the world is, whether it's Tokyo, Japan, or the middle of the Amazon jungle, if you see a person levitating with no sound coming towards you, there's going to be a lot of commotion. And that's what exactly what happened. People started screaming and running around, and they got weapons. Um, and uh, there was a gentleman that, um, he was a school teacher. He was one of the first people to, to uh, react to, this, to the situation. He, he ran over. Um, along with a, a couple of gentlemen, and one of them had a shotgun. Um, when these beings tried to close in with the gentleman that had, a, had the shotgun, this gentleman uh, shot him. Shot him. Um, he shot at this being, at this humanoid, and he fell. It, it uh, lost uh, altitude, fell straight to the ground. But what happened, the next thing that happened was pretty amazing. Um, it, had, it got back up. It got back up, and it levitated up uh, again. Uh, which, um, I mean, uh, it, it was still a shotgun and, you know, um, even if he had armor or whatever, it, it should have somehow, um, injured whoever was inside behind the armor, but it didn't, it got back up. It, it didn't, um, it didn't compromise the integrity of the armor or, um, the integrity of whatever propulsion system it was using. And it got it, it levitated away. And, um, that was the beginning of two months of, uh, hysteria in the, in the village. All right, before we get into the uh, the attempted abduction, I'm going to play a two-minute clip from, you know, a, a radio show in America that, that kind of is condescending and says, yeah, well, this is all bunk, just, just to kind of show the, the mentality of what's out there in the mainstream media. Let me play that right now. It's sure, video thanks. number two. So, uh, but uh, how? So, uh, but uh, how down? And normally, 
I would not be covering this kind of report. These, these kind of reports happen more often than you probably know unless you're somebody who follows the uh, UFO research or UFO community. Um, but uh, frankly, you know, I, I don't put a ton of stock into reports that come out of South America. Uh, and, and it's not anything particularly negative about them or anything like that. It's just there. there's a few reasons for that. One is that the culture and traditions there are very heavily influenced by folklore and, you know, traditional stories. Um, they have a lot of uh, what you might call like cryptid type stories, sort of... Um, strange creatures, you know, that kind of thing, in the in their folklore. Uh, and, and I attribute the bulk of those kind of reports, uh, you know, paranormal, cryptid-type events, to just kind of being that overactive imagination that people have in general, uh, or at least believing that something which might be odd is, is more than it actually is because of that, that folklore history. And you see this in other places as well, uh, you know, I'm not putting this all on South America, but that's an area that I just generally, you get a lot of reports that come out of there, um, and most of them end up being, you know, sort of vague and, and not really anything there. And, you know, but I don't completely discount the reports either. Generally, I will see them, and, and if it's just, you know, somebody's witnessing something and there's really no further evidence, then... No further evidence. Go ahead, go ahead, Josh. Your That's, rebuttal to that. <laughs> I, I found I found finding this argument very amusing. I mean, just to, just to say that uh, the folklore is uh, one of the factors why he finds the reports uh, not credible. It's 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 laughable because I mean, look, look at the amount of um, Bigfoot sightings you have in the United States, right? That's that's our, our folklore, right? So just to to use that to uh, discount. Um, this report is, is laughable. N number two, um, that's a, like that's there, there's three hundred people that that eyewitnesses that saw these things, and when we interview these people, they're they're these are not backwards people. Even though they live in the in the, uh, in the middle of the Amazon jungle, these aren't backwards people. They have infrastructure, they have satellite dishes in their in their outside of their their homes. Homes, um, they 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 have. Um, Electricity, uh, yeah, they, they don't, they don't, they're not backwards people. They, they, they do live in the, in the middle. Uh, of the so, so they're, so they're modernized, let's say 1960, yes. 1970. They, they got mo modern yes. conveniences, yes. right? They might not be all the way in 2023, doesn't no. matter, but they're, they're also not back 2000 years either, right? No, no, they're not. No, they, they uh, so go ahead. They, they have a local school in the, uh, in the village. Uh, they have a, a, um, they even have a, a, a local uh, jail, um, and um, no, no, the, the and the reports of uh, there's been reports coming out that uh, it was miners, illegal gold miners with jetpacks. Um, that was, we're just, I'm just gonna say th those are. I don't know where that report came out of. I'm, I heard that the report came out of the Peruvian government, but uh, according to the people in the village, um, they don't know how the Peruvian uh, government came up with that because no one came down to do a thorough investigation, right? There wasn't a, a correct investigation where, where um, the military and the law enforcement officials came down for just about one day 
and let, and for about an hour or so uh, during the day. Much of, most of the sightings happened from dusk uh, till about four in the morning, right? From sundown to about four in the morning. So these, yep. guys, these guys from, from the local government came down, looked around for a little bit, didn't see anything, and got back on their boats and left for uh, just a day out of two months of uh, this happening. Wow. So this is, this, this is to me, fascinating. Because you mentioned on the call last week that uh, you you had an infrared camera with you. You went up on the water tower or something like that at nighttime overlooking the jungle. You uh, also, another another part of your team or yourself, went down towards the river basin and, and saw a mining operation, right? So those things, but I've, yeah, never, but no. I've never, never seen miners of any kind, gold, diamond, oil, no. gas, ever wearing a jetpack. Sorry, it doesn't no, yeah. work that way. Uh, we did see about the, the the mining operation. It was about so our, our we took a fast boat from Iquitos to to San Antonio, and uh, usually a boat takes you about ten hours to get to from Iquitos to uh, San Antonio. But uh, because we took a speed boat, it took us five hours. So uh, about two hours into the boat ride, halfway almost halfway through, we we saw what uh, our 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 guide said was an illegal mining operation on the on the banks of the of, of the river and it, they were pumping uh they were pumping water out of the river to get to the s sediment so they could uh sift through it right uh it, it looked very small and it looked very uh, I, i'm not an expert in mining but it looked very antiquated it, uh, so it's probably a primitive mining operation if it's primitive or antiquated as you as you're saying it's not having jetpacks in it. It's all I got to say. People, no, no. I used to be a construction manager 30 years. And uh, no, I don't think so either. Keep going. And it was about uh, the closer we got to, to uh, San Antonio, the, the less of any anybody we saw around. We didn't see any, any closer to San Antonio after the halfway point. We didn't see anything re remotely resembling a mining operation on, on, the, on the rivers. We put up our, uh, our drone and we flew... We flew it around the uh, the uh, the village to see if we if we could see anything about man mining or anything of that sort, and we didn't see one bit of evidence of of miners close to the area. So you your team really came prepared. You had a drone, you had infrared camera. You 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 your team knows what to look for. Obviously, if you're in the navy, you're, you, you're used to observations, mm -hmm. right? You you know. And so I think that's all interesting. And then you had a, what a few days of the interviews, did you? Yes, we're actually it was twenty four hours. We're we're, uh, we're just getting started with this. We we have very li very limited resources and funds. We I went out of pocket to to fund this, you know. Yep. So, uh, um, so I, surprisingly to me, like hiring a, a speedboat uh, was pretty expensive. So we only had twenty four hours of uh, of speedboat. They, they they dropped us off and they said we're going to pick you up at this time and you better be ready to, to leave. So. <laughs> In those in those twenty four hours, we got, we got to talk to as many people as we as we could, including the uh, the young lady who was uh, attempted abduction. We had an attempted abduction. So so you got a lot of hours of, of tape and interviews. You you drone footage. You spent the night you know yeah. above the trees with the infrared camera. You you searched for mining. I mean, it, all of this is incredible. You've done a lot, but I, I think one of the great stories is the attempted abduction of the young woman she was 14 years old 
And you got to tell that story. And then you and I can start getting into a little questions about, about it. Fascinating. Keep going. Yeah. So in our research, before we, we went to uh, Peru, we had found out about the, 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 the young lady, uh, but didn't know much about uh, her situation, who she was, how old she was, or uh, what really happened to her. It was just uh, secondhand reports, YouTube videos. And so, um, you know, we got to we interview people, and, and as we started talking to everybody, this, this story started unfolding of this young woman who was um, somebody tried to uh, abduct her. And um, we, we, we realized that this her story was way bigger than we had thought, um, and her situation was way, way harsher than we had imagined. Um, so, uh, you know, finding out how old she was, she's up almost 15 years old, uh, how old she was. And uh, her father came up to us and showed us the uh, the police and the, the hospital report and uh, reading that she was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. I was a little bit hesitant to, to interview her only because I know that, you know, working with veterans and uh, my wife works with uh, children who um, have been subject subjected to abuse. She's, she's a, a therapist. Um, no, it's very easy to, um, if you're not, if you, I don't want to say you don't know what you're doing, but if, if you don't know what you're doing, you could make this person relieve, uh, you know, the, the, the encounter and uh, trigger uh, PTSD. Yeah. So I, I had told her that. I was like, hey, uh, I think we had enough. Uh, we don't need to interview her. And her dad was adamant. I think he said um, that it, it, it would be good for her to uh, tell the story. So we went to her house. We put her in a safe uh, space, which was uh, the porch of her house. We didn't need to take her to the spot where it happened. And uh, I told her that you, know, you could stand next to her so she feels safe uh, while I ask her this, these uh, questions. And then I just asked her again. I was like, are you, are you able to tell the story? Are you okay with this? And she, she said, yes, if it's, if, if it's um, for me to let people know what happened to me, then it's okay. And then I just let her go. Uh, she started recounting her story, which was that uh, while this, the village was already in high alert, uh, sometime in August, she went out. Uh, it was later in the afternoon, almost uh, sundown, and uh, she was hungry. And she had prepared herself, herself some food in her kitchen, and she was thirsty, so she went out to the back to uh, gather tangerines in the tree. And while she, while she was gathering tangerines, she felt a gust of air, but no sound. So this is really telling because um, you know, any propulsion that we know of, whether it be a propeller or jet, is going to make a, a lot of sound coming in. She heard no sound, just a gust of wind. She looked up, up and behind her, and there was a humanoid being. She said it was about two meters in height. Now that that I can't I can't tell you if it was really. That tall oh, so, so, imagination. All right. Well, one, was she tall or, or average, like five foot, or is she a little smaller than that? I think she's like five, five, five. All right. So she's five, a, a pretty big girl for that part of the world. That that's 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 a good mm -hmm. height for a woman. Yep. No question about it, right? So two 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 meters brings you about six, six, maybe six, eight, maybe seven, right? Mm -hmm. It all all depends. And she it I guess guessing it against her and whatever else, other reference in the background. Keep going. Yeah, so uh, she looked up and, and behind her, and she saw this, this being behind her. Uh, he immediately uh, covered her mouth uh, and picked her up. And as he was picking her up, she saw another being levitate, fly over towards her, grab her legs. Um, 
and she started uh, fighting for her life. Um, as she was struggling, they weren't able to carry her away, so they just uh, dropped her and, and uh, pinned her to the ground. Um, one of the beans pulled out what she she uh, she says it was a sort of cream or sort of uh, grease and uh, a powder, and they, she it, these beans mixed them both together or paste. Yeah, pay into a paste. It, it makes put, a paste, and this is where, this is where Doctor Lee Merritt said she, being the 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 medical doctor, you know, nine years spinal surgeon. Well, they don't have lidocaine, uh, you know, sitting around in proven jungle, but likely cocaine as an anesthetic. Because if you're going to face peel somebody, you want to numb the whole face so the struggles left, and you want to almost induce them into a haze, right? And there was a needle stuck up her nose as well. Yes. I, um, again, uh, I was only a, a corpsman in the Navy, and my, my pharmacology was not the, was not the best. But um, if the doctor says she imagines that's what it might be, then I can't argue with that. But I, I can only go on the facts. And uh, one of the things that this uh, humanoid pulled out was a syringe, or what looked what the girl says looked like a syringe. Uh, it sucked some of the paste into the syringe and then stuck it up what, both her nostrils. Uh, immediately, it started burning. Um, her sinus cavities and her and her eyes. She says her vision started getting cloudy, and then the rest of the paste, uh, these these humanoids started um, putting on her face. Right. Um, yeah. They were communicating with each other. That that's the interesting part, because it's kind of like um, you know going down there. All the reports, pardon, all the reports said that these beings were aliens, right? But to the person, to everyone that we spoke with, right? Everyone said they did not believe these were aliens. They said they were human beings, right? And so, uh, according to the, the young lady, these two beings were communicating in Spanish and, and English. When one spoke uh, English and the other one spoke Spanish, and when the English speaker was trying to speak Spanish, he spoke it very broken with an American accent. That see, this is one of the biggest clues, people. That is a huge clue. They weren't speaking an alien language or anything. They're speaking Spanish and, and English and broken English, which tells you most likely speculation. Again, we don't know. We don't have their DNA or anything that these are human beings. They were again, Doctor Lee Merritt saying, "Well, if they had struggling with a fourteen-year-old girl, they couldn't really subdue her. They, they, she fought back. They're likely medics." This is, again, Dr. Merritt's uh, theory. They're likely uh, medics, and they weren't trained to subdue people, right? And it's interesting. So is it, are these two medic in a black project that are in these uh, high-tech suits, ultra-tech suits that levitate? We don't know, but this is where we have to start thinking that this is more of a black project than actual alien species. Keep going, Josh. Yeah, and to that, to that I, 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 I'm hesitant to say that um where who what, what they were and who and you know what their job was or what their mission was because um you know having worked in the military there's there's a level of competency that that we bring to the table right and uh and also like mission mission planning right so even if you're sending uh some medics to do uh, some type of a job you still have to have secure a secure cordon and uh like i said um 
um, there's a, a level of mission planning that wasn't there in this story, right? Mission was, planning, lack of mission security, lack of mission and, execution. I'm with yeah. you 100%. And there you. was a lot of inc incompetence, right? They couldn't, uh, they, they couldn't deal with a 14-year-old 14 14 girl. Um, I did. I I did see her scars. She she's not lying about that. And the doctor, the doctors are not. Uh, with the, the medical report says that she's uh, dealing with heavy PTSD. And uh, looking at her scars, they're really clean, but they're still heavy scar scars. And where where are the scars located on her body? They're on either side of of her of her neck, like around the mast mastoid area, going down towards the um, the uh, clavicular notch. So, so this is important for the audience. This is, uh, it seems, and this is where the face peelers come, and Josh didn't invent that word or term. It's in the newspapers, right? The villagers probably call it because, like, you're starting to cut, and you're going to peel the skin off, off the face. And why would they do that? Maybe the aliens would do that to scare the villagers away for resources. That, against the theory of Kerry Cassidy, Josh Reed, Dr. Lee Merritt, and myself, this, again, it's complete speculation, but they had to be there for a reason. If they were going to just take her DNA, they'd take her DNA. They failed to abduct her, so then they started working on her face. I find the whole thing interesting. Keep going, Josh. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, they, they well, they were trying to, uh, uh, well, the, the young girl started sort of kind of losing it. Um, you know, she couldn't see her, her eyes were blurry, and she was struggling. Uh, one of the guys pinned her to the ground, and as she as these beans started uh getting his face close to her neck to to start cutting she could feel she couldn't feel the pain of cutting but she could feel someone's happened to her neck she could hear uh she as she says herself i could hear them cutting into my neck so she is anesthetized yeah. i mean that, yeah. that that's yes. why dr Mary said what she said yeah. the, the natural plan around there's cocaine and the conversation i mean that's what's there yep yeah, yeah. Okay. um uh she couldn't feel what was happening um, as far as pain, but she could feel something was happening and she could hear it. Um, as this thing had his face close to her neck, she was struggling with her hands and she put, pushed right underneath his jawline and it turned out to, she, she calls it a mask. I think it was more like a, like a visor. Yep. Uh, so he had, uh, I think it was yellow or green eyes, if I remember certainly correctly, and um, lifted the visor and uh, and as she lifted the visor, she stopped cutting because he went to fix um, fix, fix it. So she he also let go of her, of her mouth, and as, as he did so, um, she started screaming. And because the village was already high alert, they had patrols around the area. Uh, everyone was uh, on the lookout for these beings. As soon as she let out a scream, everyone converged on her lo location. Like when I say everyone. Uh, people that were patrolling and then her family too. Um, her dad was out working. Uh, he was in that area, but her brother-in-law, her brothers and aunts, uncles, cousins, everyone came out. Um, her brother-in-law was the first one to get to her and he's the one that saw one of the beings levitate away, fly away. Uh, the one that spoke Spanish, as soon as she let out a, a, a scream, he took off right away. He wasn't going to stick around. But the one that uh, spoke English wanted to keep dragging her away. Uh, he, he was uh, insistent on uh, you know, taking her with, with him, but he couldn't. Uh, she thinks it was because he, he, she was too heavy and um, he couldn't handle it.
Well, at, at five, five, a tall girl yeah. from 14 years old, she probably yeah. is a little bit heavy. And since and these bit, seem yeah. like they were medics, not special yeah. forces, I'm just saying, go ahead. No, no, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and she's a bit athletic on the video. You can't tell, but, uh, at, and, uh, face to face, you can tell she, she's a bit of an athletic and, uh, her father, her father is still, he's 50 years old and he's like more in shape than most, uh, 30 year old, 23 year olds I know is, he's Jack. Yeah, so uh, her family is pretty athletic. Very good. Uh, let's take a moment break. I want to play that short video out of Kyrgyzstan. I don't speak that language, but you don't need to when you see this spacecraft above a mountain. We'll play that. It's a real short video. Hold on. Let's go there because this is part of the conversation, and I'll explain why it is in a minute. Vanu. Van Vidna. Van Vidna. Pretty interesting video there. What, you know, Josh, you take a look at it. It's got all the right shadowing uh, contrast backlit by the sun. So it doesn't look like a deep fake. Probably isn't a deep fake. I think it's believable. They actually filmed something. But then uh, the only question becomes, is that really a craft? Is it an alien craft? Is it a reverse engineering craft? Or is it a Project Blue Beam in the sense that it's a hologram? Don't know. any. Don't know, but those are the possibilities. But the fact is, like you said, UFOs and UAPs and, and alien beings are not just filmed in Peru. It's all over the world. And this is from a, a, in the last month. So I found that interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, that's... That, that, uh... Video is pretty interesting. It's, it's kind of short, and it's hard hard to tell what's in the distance. But um, you know, like like you said, this is one of the reasons why we, we got into the, into this because, like I said, I, I personally saw uh, one one UFO uh, out with uh, a TV crew in um, Guadalupe Island. Uh, it was almost midnight um, on a in, on a research vessel in the in the fantail of the of the vessel. Uh, I saw a huge um, lenticular shaped object um actually it was just a light it was a, a light race out of um come out of the uh, the volcano and spit into the horizon it was like a spark and All right. um, that's what got me into this into investigating this stuff I, i've always had an open mind my mind now is more more open thanks to COVID. seriously it's uh, we're learning everything in our history is a lie we have to have to kind of now figure out you know, what's the shape of the earth. Not where that not my top agenda, but you know that's another conversation for a different day. But there, there are things like that, and of course, what what are what are these craft? They're seen everywhere. There's alien beings. Are they men in suits or are they alien beings? We don't know. You know, this is all part of the research. Yeah. We have to keep an open mind to it. I'm going to play a two minute video from uh, your YouTube channel, which is the five. Mio, M-E-O, Productions, plural, 5 Mio Productions on YouTube. The channel there, and you should follow Josh and his team on 5 Mio Productions on Twitter at that handle. Let's go. The last video.
Wow, that is fascinating. So it it fluctuates in weight and fluctuates in temperature. And what's the what's the physics behind that? Yeah, I, I have I have no idea. Um, Nor do I. Yeah, it. Um, Mr. Mausan also um, has uh, detected a signal coming out of it, which is pretty incredible because the whole thing is closed in. There's no openings to it, where you can or antennas or anything of that sort. I'm not a comms guy, but uh, no, but I, lo I, logic logic tells you that that shouldn't happen. Well, once once you yeah. the drone taking a footage of one of these yeah. metallic spheres, and then they have it in, in there, and then you just see it wobble around. I mean, it's mm -hmm. got to have electromagnetic properties, but the, the whole the signal from it's amazing. But the fact that the temperature changing and the weight, maybe it's yes. related. Uh, that's just incredible. It's yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. He he allowed us to uh, to look at it in a few of his other spheres that he's uh, people just. Uh, Gave it to, to him because uh, uh, these uh, normal everyday human beings come in contact with these with these fears. They don't know what to do with them. They know they're important, so so they know they know Mr. Malsan and they just hand them over to him so they they can uh, investigate. So so, so so Josh Romero, you're, you're probably going to the other shows of the, the ones that were on the call last week. I know absolutely to do that. But what are your what are your bigger plans going into early next year with the interview and footages? And do you want to return to the village? in uh in peru go ahead absolutely um we're uh we're currently uh, get, uh in talks uh with uh investors people that are going to be able to uh, to fund us but at the same time we uh don't want to uh compromise the integrity of, of our investigations for uh for funds you know but as soon as we're able to we, our plans are to go back to the village uh we are uh, I'm, I'm still communicating with a school teacher at the, at the village and he's uh he gives me information about um, sightings of that sort, not not only in uh, in that village, but in uh, there's there's been sightings and similar things happening in villages uh, hundreds of miles from there in Peru and in, in Brazil. Um, so our plan is to to investigate this to uh, go go to these villages, go to Colombia, go to Brazil, because in Colombia, uh, uh, one of my contacts is telling me that the, these things have been happening in in uh, small villages in Colombia. Since the since the seventies, we uh, humanoid beings wow. levi levitating, coming yep. down, interacting with people, uh, scaring them, and then levitating away. But it's all in the same uh, latitude, kind of right. roughly speaking. Yeah. And then in the, for that part of the world, all of, most of Peru and northwest Brazil in the Amazon, we're looking at the number one common denominator for resources is oil and gas. There's no question. Yes. About it. I showed you the map; yes. it's crystal clear. So any of it's in that area and there's other villages hundred miles away. It all still fits, sit on top of. So are they, you know, it's just the questions for the audience. We don't have the answers. Question yeah, uh, is simply, are they there to scale the village, villagers away in order to take over the land? That's a possibility. Go ahead, Josh. Well, in my experience, uh, doing security for, uh, for this one TV show that I worked for, uh, we were in Argentina and pa Patagonia and, uh, people down there, uh, we're having um, UFO sightings in, in the area. And when asked what type of minerals they had, they had on the Nikon, they said, uh, I think it was uh, uranium. They had a uranium in that, in that area. Wow. And, and, and the UFO sightings were constant. But uh, again, I do believe that there are, you know, it's uh, kind of like uh, laughable nowadays to think that there's not beings from uh, that coming from life in intelligent life in other, pla in other planets. Right. But it's yeah. also like, uh, laughable to think that i think with what we have seen 
that governments or financial interests don't have exotic technologies. I mean, I, I, from what I've we've talked to people, I think this this has been around since the 1900s. These technologies, yeah, and that sounds like the South the uh, South Pole Antarctica reverse engineered technology from from aliens that live in other dimensions and or are you know underwater or all out in, in South Pole. Well, you know, we don't know the answers, people, mm -hmm. but clearly this technology, if it was in the 70s, we were nowhere near that technology in the 70s. You know, everything was Hollywood fakery, right? It was all, all on, on, on movies and TV shows. But this this technology is beyond. Uh, yes, you got a, got a minute left. Close up. Go ahead. Any direction you want, and then we'll bring it back in, in next year. No, I, I, like I said, we're, uh, my team is very small, and, um, you know, all support we can uh, – we can get will be very uh, appreciated. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. And spread the word, spread the show. Yeah. Follow follow uh, Josh Amaro and his team on Twitter. Check out his YouTube channels and share everything, people. This is a way to get this information out to the public because we know big media will never cover the truth on this, and there's a lot more than meets the eye. Josh Amaro, thank you very much. Thanks, sir. Have a happy holidays. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you